Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 143 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Welcome today, the Book Was Better podcast. Hello. Hi. <laughs> okay, tell <laughs> introduce yourselves and tell me about uh, tell all my listeners about your podcast. Uh, so my name's Kaylee. Oh, my name's Taylor. Taylor. Sorry, I thought you were going to say more. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you have to introduce yourself, man. This is what our podcast Pause sounds for, like when we do it. Pause dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're, uh, we're actually sisters and, um, our podcast, the book was better podcast. We, we like to talk about some of our favorite books that have been turned into movies and we compare the adaptations and I mean, really, we mostly talk about what the movie did wrong, but every once in a while <laughs> we talk about what the movie did right. And, um, I don't know. It's just fun. We just like talking about movies and books. So and we will have the occasional guest, too. I have to ask, has there ever been a movie that was better? I think we've had a couple movies that have been better. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know if we ever did have one that was better. I think we've had a couple where we we couldn't say. No, the there was one that better. there was one that I liked better and you disagreed. Oh, yeah. No, my sister's keeper. You hated that. Yeah. I liked the movie better because it had a happier ending. I thought the <laughs> book ending was dumb. And we disagreed on it, though. And while I love yeah. Bridget Jones, the the books, I always loved the movies. Something about that, like, physical comedy coming to life right before mm-hmm. your eyes is just so mm-hmm. enjoyable. We um, and I think Bridget's, yet. like, a more... Um, uh, an easier character to root for in the movies and so is Darcy <laughs> like in the book Darcy takes a couple turns where it's like this is kind of toxic y'all yeah. um, <laughs> so I always liked the movies better on those but that's literally the only one I can think of we haven't yeah, done that and, one yet yeah but we've had a lot that have been ties where we're like I would watch the movie I would, wa- I would read the book like mm-hmm. either one I'm happy they did a really good job a lot of times like for me I try to focus on more of like, is this a good adaptation in terms of like, does it show a complete story from beginning to end that I enjoy that doesn't leave open questions as opposed to like, did they include everything from the book that I wanted? Cause that's not, that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And we try to, we try to cover that a little bit and we definitely do at times we'll be all like, even if we completely ignore the book, if we look at this movie standalone, pretend that it was not based on a book, right. would it be a good movie? And it's like yeah. sometimes the answer is still no. <laughs> right. <laughs> Percy Jackson movies, even as a standalone, they are not great. <laughs> when the movie ends and the people that didn't read the book are like, that made no sense. And someone has to say, if you read the book, it'll make sense. It's not a good movie. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> if you have to if you have to have another source material in order to understand, then it's not a good movie. It did not do its job as a film. Exactly. And we do, we tried, we'll go over that, but oftentimes it just turns into us ranting about different things. So <laughs> Truth. Truth. Yeah. I mean, obvi- I think the obvious one is that like the Harry Potter movies messed up a lot, but you know, but they're also really the good Potter movies. Series. Right. Was- like the first, um, the first Harry Potter movie, it mostly included everything. You know, there's a short like, book. Yeah, there was there was a couple of scenes here and there that got left out. I say scenes, like, you know, we didn't get um, we didn't get Mrs. Was it Filch, Mrs. Filch in the first book or first movie? We didn't get the Death Day party in the second movie. Yeah. We didn't get the Vanishing Cabinet, but it's like ninety seven percent of the book was in there, y'all. It wasn't until the third movie when they're like, we're just going to make stuff when up. When the books started getting <laughs> Jeez, longer, yeah. the movies started obviously missing more. 
Mm-hmm. You can hear all of our thoughts about that. Our first eight episodes is the entire Harry Potter yes! series. So. <laughs> They're our most popular episodes for a reason. But I do still find the films enjoyable, especially in terms of like, I think the casting was spot on. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. So if yeah. I pretend it's not based on a mo- on a book, it's good. Then they're, yeah, then they're great. A little bit. Then they're good. Uh, I think especially like after and there's a lot of stuff in the fourth movie where I'm like, okay, why do we have to like make this a battle of the sexes? Let's not, but let's not go into the fourth movie. It's the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> it's my friend, it's her favorite my former co-host Ashley, that is her favorite Harry Potter movie. And as soon as I found that out, I was like, You have a lot of explaining to do. Has she not read the books? Because if you <laughs> no, read she the has read book, the books, the fourth she movie has, would the, not the be. The thing her is favorite. she's in love with Victor Crumb. Oh, <laughs> so that's why she likes the fourth movie. She is a diehard like Hermione and Ron shouldn't have ended up together. Crumb and oh, Hermione dear. should have ended up together. That's so funny. Oh my and gosh, we like, don't see that. Hot take. take. <laughs> that is like, a hot take. Hot take. I personally, I love Harry and Jenny. So I get real frustrated when people are like, Harry's supposed to be with Hermione. I'm like, okay, I get it. If you, if you think Hermione can do better than Ron, that's one thing, but please don't pair her up with Harry. This is a very small pool of people. The world (laughs) is much bigger than who you went to high school with. Maybe she's like a hot professor or doctor someday. (laughs) Like it doesn't have to be these like 10 people that she went to high school with that she falls in love with. It could be anybody. No, Wizarding World, it's like whoever you went to high school with, those are your only love <laughs> those options. Those are your people. Those are your, those are your choices in life. Well, and Taylor loves Harry and Ginny, and then I, I, I love Ron. I'm a Ron stan through and through. So I like Hermione with Ron, personally. So. I think people who don't like Ron haven't read the books. I think exactly. they've watched the films. Because in the films... There are several moments in the books where, like, Ron shines and he supports, um, he, like, sticks up for Hermione and he loves Hermione and he shows that repeatedly. And then in the movies, they always take that away Mm -hmm. and give it to somebody else. Normally Hermione. (laughs) Well, like, like for this Harry Potter tangent, um, (laughs) for example, there's a scene where... Snape asks a question, Hermione answers, he calls her an insufferable know-it-all. In the books, Ron is like, you asked a question, she gave an answer, why are you calling her that? Mm-hmm. In the movies, he's like, you are a know-it-all. And I'm like, okay, well, no wonder people don't like him. Yeah, exactly. Well, in a lot of the scenes where in the books, it's Ron who, like, stands up for Harry. Yeah. Like, it's specifically my biggest example is in the third one. In the movie, it has Hermione go, if you want Harry, you're going to have to, like, kill us first or kill us two or something. In the book, it's Ron who does that. He stands up on his injured leg and says that. Like, it's such a different Well, even if you go back to the first film, um, in the first book, Hermione is called, trigger warning, a mudblood. And in the first book... Ron is the one who ex- not only explains what that means, but also mm-hmm. explains how it doesn't apply to Hermione. Um, and then in the movie, they give that the explanation goes to Hermione, which makes no sense because Why would as she know? a muggle born, she wouldn't have any <laughs> idea what a slur was. And then Hagrid is the one who comforts her and tells her that like she's amazing, which which is fine. We all love him, but it's a it's a shining moment that was taken away from Ron and given to other people. So, like, the movies didn't do a good job of setting the two of them up, I think. No, the movies were, no. That's one of the things I talk about at length in multiple episodes. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. If you love Ron like we do, you can come just commiserate So, let's talk about um, Marissa Meyer. Do you remember how you found her books? Through Kaylee. Yeah, so I actually read Cinder when it came out in 2012. Um, Right? I'm pretty sure Cinder was published in 2012. Yeah, January of 2012. It just had the 10-year anniversary this year. Okay, that's what I thought. So so I was – I mean, I didn't read it in January when it came out, but it was probably just a couple months later. (laughs) Um, It was like right at the tail end of my – I'm going to – age myself here but it was the tail end of my senior year of high school (laughs) 
Aw. I just like, I, I'm I, gonna I age so myself here. I was engaged well, in 2012. Okay, but, <laughs> I got engaged the same year, so <laughs> but it's it's just funny because like so often when I listen to your episodes, people are like, I read it when I was in seventh grade. And oh, I'm just I know, like, right? Uh, like, like I was twenty two. <laughs> I was much older than that. Like <laughs> it was my Taylor year. I was like, I was 18. So, um, but I read it. I remember just, I was at Barnes and Noble and was just looking for a new book to read. I did that a lot. (laughs) And I was just browsing book covers and I was really interested and really into sci-fi at the time. I mean, I still am, but um, I oscillated between fantasy being like the thing I wanted in sci-fi and I was in my sci-fi mode. And so I saw the the original cover, it's not the cover now, but the one with um, the red heel and like, yeah, that's what caught my foot. attention. And it, that's what caught my attention. And I was like, oh, I love fairy like, tale adaptations. I love exactly. them. And I saw the red high heel and the name Cinder <laughs> and like a bionic foot. And I was like, sold. I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, and I really, really liked it. And so then I like waited for the next one to come out. And then I started reading them like as they were released, which. It's kind of cool because, like, I didn't get to do that with the Harry Potter series or a lot of other series. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time I started reading them, a lot of the books were out. So um, this was one that I actually, like, read as they were released, which was cool. And then um, – I feel like that's such a cool experience to have, especially if you have other, um, like, fandom people that you can experience it with. Mm-hmm. Like, for me – uh, Harry Potter. I was seven when the first Harry Potter book came out, so I was able to do that every year. Um, and the more Whereas I was like four, so right. <laughs> the so. more years that went by, the more people that were invested, and the more people I got to share that experience with. So it was really cool to be a part of that, and that's what I love about like the Marissa fandom is we basically get a book every November. If you guys. Uh, haven't mm-hmm. noticed so every oh, like I'm really every year the, the fandom the gets like this right now right like every year we get a the fandom gets like this great thing where we get to just experience something over and over and over again with each other mm-hmm. it's it's fun and i yeah so i and then i can't remember at what point where i was like taylor if you haven't read these yet like, i honestly can't these. figure out why i didn't read them maybe because Kaylee was reading them and you know hashtag like sisters have to be different <laughs> <laughs> my you sister's very into opposite. Percy like my sister my sister Lindsay has only read the lunar chronicles and twilight oh, wow she, she doesn't like reading so she only read uh she only read twilight and then i was like you have to read this series and she was like okay and that's the only reason she read it was because i told her to <laughs> oh wow yeah we were really big readers and yeah i mean at that time maybe it was just like i was more into like the percy jackson series and um harry potter and like more like the those kinds and so i didn't get into the lunar chronicles i don't i couldn't tell you and it took me literally until this year to start reading them so i really don't have any excuses (laughs) you really don't (laughs) but they're fun do you yeah, have a favorite, really like a favorite book of hers? Do I have a favorite? Um, I like Scarlet. That's my favorite one. Not a bad choice. I actually really liked this one. Yeah, Winter. Like, like when yeah, it all I think culminates. it's like, yeah, I'm like, I like that, like, it's like been building and now you get to see everyone together. Mm-hmm. And I really like Winter. She's a very, like, interesting take that I would not have expected for Snow White. Because mm-hmm. at first I got really confused when I was reading it because I was like, Cinderella. And then they're like, she's this princess. And I was like, Cinderella is Snow White? What? <laughs> and now it's it's all come together. And I'm it's like, ah, Put clever, the clever. It's all coming together. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I really like this one. I'm so glad that you um, gave it a chance and that you... You liked it. Yeah, they're really good. I agree, obviously, right? Because I do a podcast about them. But I do. I do agree. I do think they're great. I am trying to find an uh, email that I got. I thought I saved it. I did not. I I do this thing where if I – because I don't get them enough. Uh, If I get a listener email, I read it on an episode. And um, I saved it, but it was like 
three weeks ago and now I can't find oh. it because that You're is like, my life is that I can't find it. <laughs> hey, I'm Kaylin. I love listening to your podcast. Marissa Meyer is one of my favorite authors and I'm excited to listen to your upcoming episodes. Also, it would be super exciting to hear this right on your podcast. Yay! <laughs> one thing I wanted to <laughs> say for it. episode 139, I thought in the fan art they wore red for the wedding because Kai is Chinese. And in Chinese culture, the bride wears red as a symbol of good luck, happiness, and prosperity. Thoughts? Love you guys so much. Um, so I do like the concept that like the bride wears red because it's a symbol of good luck, happiness, and prosperity. I honestly don't know if it applies to Kai's outfit um, because everything in New Beijing far prior to the wedding seems to have like a red undertone. Like remember in book one, when they got to the palace for the ball, Mm -hmm. Cinder described the lanterns as crimson red. We had a whole conversation about like how great it was to use crimson as an adjective. Yeah. That's why I remember (laughs) this one. So I love that concept. I definitely like to keep an eye out see if we have any more clues to it. As far as the earthen wedding that didn't take place, I'm not sure because the bride wasn't wearing red. The the Well, and it's not just in weddings, I think, in Chinese mm-hmm. culture that red is like a symbolic color. Okay. So, well, the only thing is though, red it's... a lot during like Chinese New Year and like mm-hmm. when they do lucky money and like they do a lot of different things. Like, And it's a very specific red's just a powerful like, color. color of red. <laughs> like I feel like it's a very specific red color. Yeah. But Lavana isn't from there. So I, I'm curious if, you know, because it's like a cross the two. I mean, I don't know if she would have done that. I, she doesn't seem like that kind of person oh, to so me. Like honor his culture. Well, yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering if like, I, I'm wondering if that's part of the point is like, well, maybe because the bride refused to incorporate that. That's why Kai's outfit has red yeah that's oh, possible that's, that would be a yeah. cool take because yeah. i feel like the red and my the red and gold colors that we associate with that culture are very specific it's not just like mm-hmm. red and yellow it's like a very specific shade of red and gold mm-hmm. i would be happy to hear everybody else's thoughts so if you're listening to this and you want to share them uh prince kai at gmail.com and big thank you to kaylin for messaging because i don't get enough of those and it made me really happy yeah <laughs> this one wasn't really an email. It's just a question. It's from Cassandra and it says, will you have the podcast be covering any other books by Marissa? Um, yes. The podcast is going to cover anything Marissa ever writes. So books, so there's a lot stories, everything. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do all the books by Marissa Meyer. If you go to the website, you can see a schedule of like the books that we're going to do, but we're doing them in publishing order. Kind of. So, <laughs> so uh, we did Fairest in between Cress and Winter um, because that's when it came out. We're going to do Stars Above After Winter because that's when it came out. COVID-128 is a fun short story that Marissa wrote during the COVID times. Mm-hmm. You can find it on her website. So technically it was written like a year ago, but we're obviously going to cover it while we're still covering the Lunar Chronicles. So we're going to do... We're going to do that after Stars Above. Then we will do the two graphic novels. There's a long list of them. Then we're going to do uh, her (laughs) short story, The Sea Witch, which is in a book called Because You Love to Hate Me, which is an anthology of villain origin stories. Then to cycle into more villain origin stories, we are going to cover Heartless. Then the Renegades trilogy. Then we are going to cover uh, her short story, uh, that's in A Tyranny of Petticoats, Gold in the Roots of the Grass, which is... The Tyranny of Petticoats is an anthology of young women throughout history. Then we're going to cover Instant Karma, then her short story in Serendipity, then Gilded, then Cursed, then The mm-hmm. Phantom of Linkshire Manor, which technically was published before Cinder, but we just got it like a year ago. Um, and then whatever she writes after that, which she has told me she has, which she was recently at our Prince Kai Fan Pod three-year anniversary party she came, which was great. Um, and she said so she's cool. currently working on three projects. Uh, she also at one point told me she doesn't plan on letting me run out of material. So, <laughs> that so point, I catch up to her. She'll just like come out of retirement. <laughs> there we go. Glad Got you guys came one more. to an agreement. <laughs> so that's a very long list. Um, 
but we, we are going to cover everything that she writes. So whether it's an op-ed or a short story or a novel or a series, it's coming on the podcast at some point. Right now, we're just still covering the Lunar Chronicles. Because um, there's a lot of content. There's so much content, right? Put, Originally, uh, we were just going to do the Lunar Chronicles. And then I was like, why limit myself? Once I get – I've had so many podcasts I love. And once they're done covering what they're covering, they they don't exist anymore. And it makes me sad. So I'm like, I'm not going to limit myself. When I'm done with Lunar Chronicles, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can. So I will just be doing this podcast for the rest of my life until I retire. Which will be a very long time from now because I'm not quite that old. Yeah, no. 30's not old. <laughs> well, I'm 32. That's still not old. <laughs> but I, yeah. I like the I, I do get people that think I look like I'm about 28, 27. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a I had to do a um well not had to. I got to do a student symposium for the American Library Association a couple years ago. Um while I was working on my master's degree. And they thought I was in high school. And she was <laughs> she was like, it's so cool that we have like high schoolers who are so well knowledgeable and invested and interested. And where I want to know like where you're pursuing your your goals at. Like, do you have a, a school lined up? Do you have a grad school lined up? And one of my uh, directors was there uh, mitigating during the process. And so she was like, Well, I'm sure Bethany appreciates the compliment. I believe she's 28. And I was like, actually 31, but thank you both. Like, <laughs> Appreciate that. Because sometimes it's like, oh, you look so young. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's someone being nice to me because they think it's a compliment to tell me that I look young. Mm-hmm. But when someone literally is like, you're in high school, right? It's like, whoa, you think I'm real young. Really young, yeah. Really young. Yeah, people people are always if – if like my kids aren't with me, and then they find out I have kids. They're always like, you have more than one? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm 28. And they're like, oh. Oh, man. When 22. my mom was 28, she had four kids. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I was like, I'm not like 18 with two children. Like, I'm 28. Like, we get closing. that from being married because my husband has a, a baby face. He looks younger than I do. And we get that sometimes where we're like, oh, yeah, we've been married like 10 years. I'm like, how the hell is that possible? Yes. And I'm like, well, I was 22 and he was 26. So that's how it's possible. Like, yeah, that's we got married. I got married at 20 and my husband was 22. So. See, and I know some people are like 22. That's such a young age. And I'm like, eh. They used if to get you married find right person, out of high school. Why do you have to wait until an older age? Right. Well, but like if you. Too. Yeah. <laughs> If you so we don't just find your person until you're and older, get married it's fine, later. But... Like, why wait? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But because I think yeah. if you haven't found your person and you're like 35, obviously it's okay if you're not married. But like, if you find your person and you're happy together, why can't you get married just because you're 22? Also, he was 26, so telling me that I need to wait till I'm older when I'm marrying someone who's older, like that's not <laughs> helpful. Yeah, that's not. Come on. <laughs> so let's talk about what you're currently reading. Uh, we are in the middle for the podcast. We're in the middle of doing the Divergent series, which I've, I've never read before. So this is the first time for me reading so the Divergent series. Um, it's been something. Um <laughs> And so, I mean, that's what we're reading for the podcast, outside Mm -hmm. of the podcast. Um, I've been uh, reading the uh, Shadow and Bone series, the Grishaverse series. I've been working through those. So those are what I am currently reading. Um, I read too many books at once. So (laughs) Divergent... um, I've been reading the Bridgerton series right now for the first time. Um, I've read the Divergent, well, some of the Divergent books before. I got really angry somewhere in the middle of that series and stopped reading the books. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you sound like me trying to get through the Hunger Games when we lost PETA. (laughs) Why would I come back after that? No thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've read this, and obviously, I've read the Lunar Chronicles before. um, So for this, 
for this podcast, I really just reread Winter, but it made me want to reread the rest of the series. So I've started yes. doing that as well. So yes, if it, if the audio, if you need like a time saver, the audiobooks are amazing. I love reading. I'm not an audiobook person. I I'm both. I'm audiobooks so just give me so much. Picky. Like if I'm doing groceries, I can listen to a chapter. If I'm folding laundry, if I'm on like a 10 hour drive or something, like I can read so much more. Yeah. And so depending on the audiobook, I can do it. But certain readers, like do, depending on the person reading it, I, I can't do it. it just yeah. Depends. Some narrators don't work well. I loved the person. His name is Jim Dale. Um, I loved his narration of the Harry Potter books. I thought they were oh, great. Yeah. Problem is, now I, can I can't listen to his other books. Oh. I just can't do it. I love. He's an extremely talented voice actor. Do not get me wrong, but there's only so many voices you can do. And anytime his mouth opens up, I'm like, that's Harry speaking, even though it's a completely different book. <laughs> like that's Snape. What is Snape doing in this other universe? Like, exactly. <laughs> there's a Beauty and the Beast retelling I tried to listen to by him, and I'm like, why is Harry like? <laughs> It was just bad, but it's not because of the actor. It's just because I've gotten too accustomed the to his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pretty yeah much. For sure. So that's, I am that's currently, where we're at with our reading. <laughs> I'm currently reading like eight books a day right now because oh, geez. <laughs> remember I said I like audiobooks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, my friend got me the Audible Plus as a gift Oh, nice. Mm. And on Audible Plus, uh, you know those like cheesy made for TV Christmas movies that are like the Hallmark movies? The best. Yeah, movies? I like the Netflix ones better, but yes. Oh, yeah, those are good. It's like, yep. This isn't going to win an Oscar, but it's like a feel good kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love those movies, and they have those books on Audible, and they're free, and they're like two hours long. Oh, I listen at 1.8 right speed. Right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> I listen at like 1.8 speed. Uh, so I go through them in like an hour and a half. And as I told you before, I'm currently trying to save the world from a zombie apocalypse. So yeah. <laughs> I have, you know, but I, I like to listen to audiobooks while I play video games. So, so I've listened Depending to on the video game. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, while, cause, cause after a while it's like, I get it. There's zombies. I don't need to hear like creepy music. Um, so like I'll play the video game. I'll kill all the zombies in seven days to die, which is the game I'm playing with my husband right now. Um, and I do it while listening to a book. So I'm listening to, I've listened to nine audiobooks the last two days. So that's awesome. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say my favorite one as opposed to which one I'm currently reading because I'm currently, it's just, that's going to cycle. By the time this comes out, I will have listened to way more. Um, so my favorite one is Eight Winter Nights, which is, they have all these Christmas love stories. This is a Hanukkah love story. Oh, And it's so it. sweet and it's so cute. And my Jewish heart was just like, what? This is awesome. Because I still love all the Christmas stuff, right? Like, but I just loved it so much. So yeah, that's the one I'm currently reading. Uh, but it'll change by the time it'll change. I'll probably <laughs> listen to like three more by the end of the day, but that's called eight winter nights. It's by Liz Maverick. Uh, it's free. If you have the audible plus catalog and the audiobook is very well done. It's oh, my pitch for them. Let's talk about some fan art Friday. Uh, the first one is from Haddock's art. Big thank you to them because they let me share everything all the time. And it's awesome. <laughs> There's some artists where it's like, it's my first time meeting them through the internet. So I have to like say hi and I have to explain who I am, what I am and why I want to share their art and how much credit they'll get for their art, which is all of the credit. So once I have like an established relationship with that artist, I feel really lucky because I'm just like, can I share this one too? Um, so this first one is from Haddock's Art. I, first of all, I love the pink haze. It's mm-hmm. so vibrant. Um, but I love Cinder like trying to comfort herself and hugging herself while there's like smoke and the moon in the background. And what looks like, skyscrapers i think yeah it's like the cityscape yeah 
I but love it's it almost so like much. a cosmic cityscape. Like it's very Lunar Chronicles. Like it. it yes. Yes. The vibes. I love it so much. And the color work is just really impressive. So oh, I love it so much. I'm a big like pink purple person. I love pink and purple. But it's like it looks like the painting or it's not painting. It's digital art. It looks like it's literally glowing. Yes, it looks like it's like, actually glowing. I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. As somebody who does not do art ever, I'm like always amazed. I'm like, oh, such talent. Same. I'm like, I don't even have good handwriting. Like, this is yeah. incredible what you could do. <laughs> um, our next one is from N-I-N-I-N-E Gaskins on Instagram. I also adore them because for my uh, birthday, they drew me with my two favorite Marissa characters, Guild and Thorn. So... I love them any, no matter what, but this, yeah. <laughs> this is an art of Scarlet and Wolf being reunited, which makes me so yeah. happy because a couple chapters ago, they got reunited and here we lose them again. And I was like, <laughs> now they're separated Marissa again. Is like, <laughs> you remember how I taped your heart back together? Tape doesn't hold. Rip. Yeah. <laughs> it was that flimsy kind we give children, not duct tape. Okay. <laughs> right. It was the painter's tape that looks like it'll last, but it really doesn't. Yes. I think she did such a good job in this in this piece with showing the emotion like in their eyes and everything. Yeah. Again, just like how how do you do that by like just drawing a person's face? <laughs> well, because if you look at it, like Scarlet's eyes are open completely wide. Like I can't mm-hmm. believe he's here. And Wolf's eyes are like half open, half closed. Like yeah, the amount of relief he has right now has just has just taken a huge weight off of him. And it's mm-hmm. like, all of that is just from whether or not I can see their eyelids. Yeah. No, yeah. It's impressive. And it's yeah, really cute. It's incredible. I, as I said earlier, Scarlet's my favorite book and Scarlet and Wolf are like my favorite couple in this series. Oh, so. <laughs> you know, prior to doing the podcast, I wouldn't have agreed with you, but doing the podcast, I'm like, oh my God, I love them. They're so perfect. Yeah. Like I really <laughs> like them. So, <laughs> Are you um, familiar with Taylor Swift? Yes. Yes, okay. I am. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm a huge Swifty, but I never know. Cause sometimes I mention it and people are like, oh, her. People get offended by it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong? Um, I think King of My Heart was written for them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the opening line alone is I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I live on my own. Like, that's yeah. so scarlet. Like, ugh, anyways. I have all there's a podcast you know Taylor Swift. out there. I chose already. a Taylor Swift song when we get to that portion. Like, I just I have so many. It's like a there's like a dividing line in the world. For some reason, there's people who love Taylor Swift and people who judge people who love Taylor Swift. And I never know who I'm talking to. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I am a huge Swifty. Let okay, let me explain to you. I have a tattoo on my rib cage that says long live. See, a Swifty knows what that means, right? Yeah, but yeah, like yeah, other yeah. people are like, what? You're like, you you're didn't finish the it. Rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I just got long live. Um, and my, uh, my sisters all got long live, uh, which is a, it's from uh, a song by Taylor. Um, yeah. But like, again, and, people who aren't Swifties are going to go, you didn't finish the, the, right, the line. Right. And I'm but like, no, because they think it should be enough. like long live the king or long live or the queen live or, something. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Long live the something. Long live, long live, period. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, big thank you to both of those artists for letting us share their work. You can visit the Prince Kai Fan Pod Instagram and website to see it for yourself. And remember, if you are an artist and you want to share your work, please email me princekaifampod at gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram, princekaifampod. Um, last time Patreon members voted for chapter titles. Chapter 39 is Centuries by Fallout Boy. Chapter 40 is House of Gold by 21 Pilots. It's 1216 and we are finally on to chapter discussion. <laughs> 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 And of course, as soon as I said that, I dropped my hook. <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. We're done crocheting for the day, I guess, until I find out. <laughs> I, I usually crochet while I'm recording. Hey, things. do it. Multitask. Keep right? those hands busy. Exactly. Okay. So last week we left off. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. 
I did have an email from someone asking if at the beginning of every chapter we could do a summary of the chapter before we discuss what happens line by line what what happens in the chapters. So I will try to do that. The, I will tell you right now, the reason I, I usually don't summarize is the same reason that there's an episode for every chapter. I get very long-winded. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? So last week we left off. Amory and his crew arrived at the mining sector where our heroes are hiding. Um, this week, oh man, how do I sum this up? Okay, Scarlet, no. <laughs> Scarlet no. and, okay. so Scarlet and Thorn. And, taken, <laughs> and Scarlet and Thorn escape. <laughs> right. Like that's in this chapter, we see um, Scarlet and Thorn try to assist Winter, not Winter, try to assist it's Wolf Cinder and Cinder and from afar. Yeah. Uh, Iko saves Winter from a guard and a thaumaturge, and one of the guards lets them go. Yep. And like lies to yes. cover for them so that yes. nobody he, knows. He covers them. Mm -hmm. And his name is Kimi. Um, I always said Kinney, but yeah. <laughs> I only say Kimi because I that and I the spelling is Irish. Yeah. I just um, think Kinney, I like Kinney because it sounds kind of like Kenny, and I just think that's funny. That's honestly. Oh, right. Name. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> like, oh, Kinney <laughs> is an Irish name. Um, mm -hmm. And I only know that because I have a friend who, who's named Keeney. And he has this beautiful accent. And he's always like, it's Keeney. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please don't be mad at me for saying that. Um, but it doesn't – it's fine however you pronounce it, right? I yeah. say Iko and Marissa says Eco. Oh, really? Oh. And I've told her I, I struggle with that. I used to say uh, Justin. And Marissa was like, it's Jason. And I'm like, but it's spelled But you spelled Justin. it different. But it's spelled weird. Right? <laughs> Why would you do this, Marissa? Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it necessarily minds. No, it matters it too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're in Scarlet's perspective. I'm like already kind of frustrated, like immediately in this chapter, because we're told that Scarlet and Thorne are both excellent marksmen, and yet none of them can hit a shot. No. I'm like, I was so mad. <laughs> it's like in movies where like highly trained assassins are all shooting at each other and somehow everyone dodges a bullet. That makes mm -hmm. no sense. Well, Somebody would get I, shot. I feel like she kind of explains it a little bit, right? Like Scarlet does. Um, She's too far I mean, away. Not and... it, but yeah, just for the kind of yeah. gun she has, like the distance just wasn't good. So like you could aim all you wanted to, but... <laughs> It, the gun just wasn't she couldn't enough. get a good aim Amory kept yeah. moving which i get well, like i play video games and, and so it was really narrow and yeah, yeah like, like i play video games when a target is moving a lot and you're trying to shoot it's like soups frustrating I so i get annoying. that because also <laughs> once they shoot now people know they're there uh-huh so it like gives away their location so then people know to duck and like right. avoid that area so but because they shoot, they give away their location. Um, and I love Thorne, criminal mastermind that he is, immediately, like, Scarlet, give me your gun. And she does hesitate, but she trusts him enough that she mm -hmm. takes it. And then he's like, I got one, you guys. And he walks right yeah. past the guards. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's obviously very smart and also would be extremely nerve-wracking. Because mm -hmm. it's like, what if this doesn't work? Like... You now have I two do, guns and I have none. <laughs> I do like that. I feel like there's trust between all of the characters. And this like shows like that trust between like Scarlet and Thorne. Like I feel like a lot of the times it's like it's this couple and this couple and this couple. But it's like, no, they're also all like together and they all have their individual relationships with each other. And this shows Scarlet and Thorne's relationship a little bit better. Yeah, and I love that because it's one of those underrated camaraderies that they have. Like, mm -hmm. I remember a specific scene that always makes me laugh is when they were all on the Rampion together and Thorne would flirt with everyone, even mm -hmm. Scarlet, in front of Wolf. And Wolf yeah. always was like, looked at Thorne like, I will rip you to shreds, <laughs> you tiny little man. And Thorne was always like, wink, wink. And Scarlet <laughs> just kind of like ignored it. But like, 
I just, I love these like underrated friendships, you know, uh, Cress and Wolf were like that when Cress was like, I looked into the farm, I'm making sure it's okay. It'll be there when Scarlet gets back. And it's like, this is such a sweet moment for these two characters that we don't see a lot of together to remind mm-hmm. us that like, they're all in this together. They're all friends. Exactly. Yeah. There are other relationships other than romantic ones. (laughs) Yes. And I like that. I appreciate that that camaraderie is there because I do feel like romantic relationships can cloud the importance Mm -hmm. of platonic ones. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Good job, Marissa. (laughs) They get past four guards. Scarlet is like, give me back my gun. I'm doing something about this. Thorne is like, yeah, no, we're getting out of here. And she's like, I said, give me my gun. We're going to try and help them. Give me my gun. Um, What do you guys think? Do you think she should take her gun and go try and help? Or do you think it's like like what Thorne says, where it's like, we can't do anything to help them. We got to get out of here. I mean, I I definitely get the struggle. Like, especially when it's, like, the person you love. Like, if I think, like, about my husband, if he was in danger, like, Mm -hmm. I would not hesitate to put my life on the line to try to help. So I'm like, I get it. It's not realistic, but you're not thinking about that in the moment. Right. You just want to go help. (laughs) So I think I would align a little bit more with Thorn only because... I mean, he's being a realist in this instance, right? Right. I, I don't think for a minute that Thorn is being cowardly and is like, let's just run away while we can. Like, I think he's like, we are so heavily outnumbered and they are bound, which means they cannot help us at all. Like, I think it's also like Thorne sees big picture right now. Thorne's mm -hmm. big picture goal is get Crest back. He can't do that if he's captured and killed. If Cinder and Wolf are already captured and taken away, then Scarlet and Thorne are free. And they can help from afar. But if they're exactly. all taken and captured at the same time, then nobody can there's do no anything hope. and the revolution dies. Yeah, exactly. Like at like, least two people. Nothing. Right. Like you're not going to help them enough that they're going to get away. Shoot shoot Amory all you want. Are you going to shoot the other seven thaumaturges? Are you going to shoot the 45 guards? You've got two guns, five bullets, and not a clear shot. Mm-hmm. So I totally well, I get think, where Thorne is coming from. I I love, though, that what puts her mind in perspective is, I mean, they don't even need to make eye contact. Like, it's the most subtlest change in Wolf's body language mm-hmm. that lets her know that he knows where they are. And it's like a don't you dare from Wolf. Like, it's so subtle. It's so small. But, like... She can read it because they're amazing. And um, and it's it, it, you know, changes her perspective so she can think, okay, he's captured. Cinder's captured. That already sucks for him. He also just watched his mom get killed and tortured mm-hmm. beforehand. Like, what if he has to watch me do that too? Like, how much pain do I want to put the person I love through? Right now, he's still alive. Like, he's good. We could walk away and regroup kind of thing. And it's, like, the smallest, most subtle thing that, like, totally changes her decision-making and her perspective. Then she noticed a shift in Wolf's posture. His head shifted in her direction. It was a subtle change, almost unremarkable. He didn't look at her. He didn't make any move to suggest he had picked out her scent among all these people. But Scarlet knew he had. There was a tension to his shoulders that hadn't been there moments before. That's it. There's like a tension in his shoulders. A girl knows. Yeah, because he's worried about her. That he knows is she's there now and like, he tenses up. Yes. Okay. And that's that's why I've always said like the two of them have like a bond that goes beyond boyfriend, girlfriend, partner to partner, husband, wife. Like it goes It feels like it goes past that because Mm -hmm. I have been with my husband since I was 19 years old. I met him when I was 15 and I don't know if I would notice a shift in his shoulder blades. I'm going to be real honest with y'all. Could I pick him out of the lineup? Of course. But like, would I notice if he shifts his shoulder blades, especially when all of this is going on? Probably not. 
Like probably yeah. not. <laughs> no, exactly. So it's just, it was really good. And I really it was, liked it. Was it. Great. <laughs> In the next chapter. I do want yeah. to point out one thing before we move on to the transition. Page 364 at the bottom, Scarlett tells herself, don't react. Don't react. That happened earlier in the book. Does anybody remember where she said that to herself? I'm finding it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember like this, this was, scene? This was my first read through. I don't oh, okay. remember much. <laughs> when she was trapped in the yeah. zoo and all of the lunars were being evil jerks to her. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. She mm-hmm. had to tell herself, don't react. I'm trying to find the exact page because I thought That's I had what saved I'm trying it. to do. Too. But I'm of like, course, I didn't say that, right? But it's just little nuggets like that where they like throw it back. It's nice. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. <laughs> I'm now on okay, the- okay, okay. Page 230 and 231. Scarlett was working on this new thing she liked to call not reacting. Yeah. And she constantly tells herself, I am a vision of tranquility and indifference. I am the essence of peace and calm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the same thing. It's don't react, don't react, don't react. And then later she does it again when um, Winter and her escape, when she knows that something is wrong after Scarlet or after um, Jason takes Winter for like a little walk and then tells her to get ready and to wait and stuff. She forces herself to not react until she has counted to 10 like Jason instructed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was just, I thought it was interesting, this little callback. It's tiny little details like this that I think are very good, like character consistency. That now we know that we ha- we know that this is how Scarlett handles situations when she feels like she needs to compose herself, when she feels like she needs to think first. Yeah, it's um, like she has affirmations. To- or, yes, affirmation. Know. Great word for it. Thank you. So smart. <laughs> it's like, I knew there was a word for it. And I couldn't think of it. It's killing yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a transition now where an Iko's perspective, basically... Aiko goes to the house to save Winter. Um, She meets a Thama and two guards. One of the guards is gross, creepy Jericho, the captain of the guard, and he tries to take advantage of her. He and he kills Jericho and the Thaumaturge in an effort to save Winter and and then tells Aiko to keep her hidden. Mm -hmm. Um, Couple things I really want to talk about. There is a moment, I think this is a huge flaw in the gift that the Lunars have. If Pereira had used common sense and her eyeballs, she would have found <laughs> Iko immediately. Immediately. I, yeah. I was like, I walked into that room, we would have found Iko in two seconds. But because, I was like, is she really not going to actually look? She's really she's only going to just because. No, because these lunars rely so heavily on their gift that they sense for someone before they look for someone. So if she had used her eyeballs, she would have seen Aiko immediately. But if Aiko's fan hadn't kicked in, she probably wouldn't have seen seen her her at all. So what do you guys think? I think this is a huge flaw in the gift. Oh, well, I think it it just shows, like you said, like how reliant they've become on it. Yeah. And it's like so funny because you're like, there's no way people would do that. But then you like really think about it and you're like, yeah, that probably would happen. <laughs> it's like, um, like they become prideful almost. Prideful. But I also like, think that like they have become so real. Like it makes sense to me if you're sneaking into a home and you have this gift. Obviously, before you go in the home, you're going to you're going to use this gift to try and feel for someone. Right. 
But once yeah. you get into the house, you can keep using your gift to feel for them. But I, you need to use your eyes. You need to literally look around. Myself, personally, I have a fear of being trapped. So anytime I go into any room, I immediately look around because I'm looking for an exit strategy. Yeah. <laughs> like immediately, I'm like, if there was a fire, where would I go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if an assassin came through that door, what would I do? Not that, like, I'm not not that, that an assassin would come and get me, but like, I have a fear of it. So that's my immediate no, response. I'm the same is, way. Yeah. My immediate response is, where's my, where's the other exit? So I immediately look for that. So I might miss a couple of things that other people would see as soon as they walk in the door because my immediate response is, where's the other door? Where's mm-hmm. the window? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a flaw in myself. And I think that's a flaw in this gift. They use their gift to sense someone. And when they can't sense someone, that they assume that means no one is there. But that's not the case. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. because when she first does, like, look down and sees her and Aiko, you know, says hello. Her first the the her first uh instinct or I guess whatever isn't like, oh, it's an android, but it's like a shell. Like she freaks and it's like so she they're they're even aware that there are possibilities. Like of there are gaps in their in, like abilities. They're, she's yeah. aware that right. there's gaps in her ability that you know these these instances can occur where a person can be there and she won't be able to sense them. And yet even still, <laughs> she, she relies so use her heavily on the, on the gift and doesn't just look with her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I also um, want to know, because she said that she could send someone very faintly. Where the hell was Winter hiding? Aiko yeah. claimed to have looked everywhere. And the only thing we get is that there was a banshee-like scream and Winter comes into the kitchen with a knife. Where was she hiding? I I'm have like, to know. Somehow get onto the roof? Like, so she's I, not likely in the house? Under the floorboards? <laughs> I, I know that like when I was a kid, I was a very small child. Well, okay, I'm like 5'1". I'm still small. I was a very <laughs> small child. Very small child. Very skinny, very short, and very flexible. So I would hide in all kinds of places when doing the hide-and-seek hide nonsense. So I'm wondering if she was, like, in a cabinet. I mean, it's possible, but I thought she said that she looked in the cabinet. <laughs> Iko said she looked, yeah. But I'm also wondering, because they say, too, like, I think I can sense someone, but it's, like, really faint. Like, you know, so it's, like, clearly Winter can... Yeah, Winter was not in any cabinets or closets. She was not under the bed. She was not in the tiny shower. So where the heck was she? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'll top the fridge. A little frustrated that they never tell us. (laughs) (laughs) They just skip that 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 little detail. (laughs) Come on, Marissa. I'll have to remember, like when when Marissa and I do our wrap up episode after, because she does a wrap up with me at the end of every book. This will be one of the questions. Somebody on Patreon, (laughs) one of my Patreon producers, please remind me. We need to ask her exactly where was Winter hiding. Yes, honestly. Maybe it was like a really small cabinet that Aiko assumed she couldn't squeeze herself into, but Winter like folded herself in half and got in there. Small is she? No, she's supposed to be like five eight, I think. Yeah, I could not squeeze myself into a cabinet. (laughs) Press is always hiding in tiny places, so she makes sense. Winter, I don't know where she could, unless she wasn't in the home. Unless, yeah, yeah. I think my, my first possible. thought was she somehow got onto the roof. Mm-hmm. She's somewhere outside of the house. Like, that's the only thing that made sense to me. I honestly yeah. think the roof is the only option because two things. It's possible when she heard Aiko approaching, she didn't realize it was Aiko, so she went to hide. I think that's probably uh-huh. what happened. That's mm-hmm. plausible. Um, but the thaumaturge would have sensed her or sensed her, and so would the guards. So yeah. I think she was probably on the roof, heard the commotion, came back down, and ran inside. That, I think, mm-hmm. is probably the best explanation. Right. And we know Aiko didn't look up when she walked in. Who walks into a house and stares at the roof, right? But obviously we know Pereira wasn't looking at the roof because she's relying. She wasn't looking down either. She wasn't looking at anything. She was just like, mm, the gift will save me. 
Yes. <laughs> Didn't get her very far. And she died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She died. Okay. Yeah. She gets shot. I was trying to see if it said that, like, Mistress walked in with her eyes closed or something. But that's what I'm envisioning in my brain. I'm like, did this girl, like, literally close her eyes before she walked in the door? I was just like, let me sense them. Anyways, as listeners know, I love to cue Fifth Harmony. Winter knees Jericho in the groin. She stabs him in the shoulder and then knees him in the groin. And then doesn't she yeah. stab him in the side again after that? Yeah, too? she's she fakes <laughs> him out. She doesn't fake out. She's like, they left and go right and stabs him again. Like, yeah. oh man. Just badass winter this whole chapter. I love it. Yes. How much do we love Keeney? I, I mean, it is so kind of funny. That I go, she's a she's a freaking robot, but she's like the most. I know she's like he is so seen. cute. <laughs> I love when she's, she's like he's way too hot to be this much of a jerk. Yeah. Like you're yeah, too handsome like, to he's be a so jerk. Mean. <laughs> he's so rude to her, but I love him immediately being like, "That's the princess. We do not hurt her." Yeah, and then yeah. being like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm going to kill both of my bosses to protect Winter." So much that he's like, kind of kind of um in shock himself because that's the first time he's ever used a gun on his own i thought Iko already shot her and killed her was that no right? she was going to suffocate her she was attempting to suffocate oh, her right. yeah so she, she was her, like, saying just out. Pass out yeah, yeah well yeah, yeah, no yeah. but it wasn't it wasn't keeney i thought i thought it was the other guy who accidentally shot her because oh Iko, no like, yeah she her Iko uses front. her as a shield so yeah that's what i'm saying yeah, like, that's correct. Right, that's where right. is already shot like i was like she's already dead well, so but jericho is still the captain of the guard so he did still and he shot yeah jericho. no he still so he, he did still kill oh, he straight boss. up still killed oh yeah. 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 yeah yeah he still did <laughs> but only one body is on his hands the other is <laughs> yeah the other is somebody else's fault but you know what? The opportunity had it arisen to save Winter from the Thaumaturge. She, I think he would have tried then too. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was really just lucky on his part that the other, the chick was already dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One less body. Yep. <laughs> yes. Keanu tells Iko to take Winter into hiding, and that he's going to um, make up a story. I absolutely mm-hmm. love when he's like, you need to make sure. Could you just make sure she's hidden? And she's oh like, oh, what a great idea. response. He's like, he's like we never thought about that. <laughs> he pointed at her nose, daring to hold her gaze for longer than half a second. And you are going to get her far away from here. Keep her hidden. She planted her hands on her hips. And here we were just keeping her hauled up in a tiny little house in a completely random mining sector. Why didn't it ever occur to us to try and keep her hidden? Kenny's face was unreadable for a long moment before he asked, You understand sarcasm? Of course I understand sarcasm, she spat. It's not like it's theoretical physics, is it? (laughs) And he's like, you know sarcasm? I love it. You understand sarcasm? She's like, she's it's like, what? It's not theoretical not physics. <laughs> so let's talk about our song titles for this one. All right. <laughs> okay. So do you want me to go first, Taylor? Do you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay. So <laughs> I think this is funny because you asked earlier if we knew Taylor Swift. Because the t- song I chose. I never know. <laughs> was a Taylor Swift song. So um, I chose Epiphany by Taylor Swift, um, which is her song, right? Where it, she's basically talking from like a soldier's perspective. And it basically just goes through like the the negative things that you don't want to talk about when it comes to war. Um, and I think it just really captured a lot of the emotion in this chapter following chapter 40, where you saw the actual violence happen. And then this was kind of that aftermath of, okay, 
how do I deal with these feelings kind of thing. And I felt like that was captured. That's captured in that song by Taylor Swift. Especially just yeah. like with you, I serve with you, I fall down. And it's like, um, some things you just can't speak about, like are a couple of the lines in the song. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, poetic song about loss and war and sacrifice mm -hmm. and very fitting for this chapter. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, when I read this chapter and then I was thinking about songs, this song <laughs> came to my mind. I found this song a really long time ago. It's called Cops Came by M. Harris. And it's kind of like a weird, different kind of song, but I really liked it. Um, and it's essentially about like hiding from like cops who are like coming to try to get you because of like stuff that happened. And I was like, yep, that, yep, <laughs> that very much fits kind of both of the halves of this chapter, both with like mm -hmm. everything going on with Wolf and Cinder getting captured and then with um, Ico and them trying to come and capture Winter as well. And just this idea of like trying to like keep it hidden and trying to run and escape and like knowing that they're coming after you and like the stress and stuff that's associated with that. So that's why I picked this song. It's a good choice. I wasn't familiar with this song. I had to go and look it up. And yeah, that's fair. Most people aren't. <laughs> I love it though, because I really enjoyed the song and I enjoyed the music style. So now I have a new song and a new artist and to look into. So. Oh, yeah. perfect. <laughs> Um, so I chose Run to You by uh, Whitney Houston. Mm. First of all, I love this song, but I two things happen when I'm picking my song titles. I either pick one based on the content of what happens in the song, and I do a lot of research, and I try to find a song that's really quite perfect, or something will happen while I'm reading the book, and that song will immediately pop into my head. And that is what happened this time. There's a scene, as we've talked about before, where Scarlet tries to run to Wolf. She immediately mm. wants to run to Wolf mm. and she has to stop herself. Uh -huh. um, and this song immediately came to mind. Some of the lyrics, especially, I want to run to you. Won't you hold me in your arms and keep me safe from harm? But if no. I come to you, will you stay or will you run away? Oh, each day I play the role of someone always in control. Don't oh react, my don't God. React. Yeah. Dang, don't react. Don't react. Yeah. So just, um, I, oftentimes I try to find lyrics that work out really well, but I think these actually did work out well. And like I said, yeah. it, came, <laughs> it came to my head as soon as I was reading this chapter, I thought of that song. So, yeah. Fitting. Um, so Patreon members will get to vote on chapter titles. Let's talk about our quotes real quick. Okay. Uh, where is it? Um, I'm going to be honest. My quote was originally yours, your your quote. And so then I changed it. Because <laughs> I was You'd like. You'd be surprised how often that happens. I was like, ah, I don't think we want to all have the same quote. So let me go. Never mind. Let me go find a different one. <laughs> um. But so I chose on page 373, it is still a quote from Ico, um, where she it goes, of course, I understand sarcasm. She spat. It's not like it's theoretical physics, is it? Which we've kind of already talked about. But I just thought that line was really funny and clever. And just I like I, I've always loved her character. So uh, an android who understands emotion and sarcasm <laughs> if you ever do another episode with me i usually pick like two or three quotes per chapter and then try to figure out which one i like best okay so if you ever do another episode and we have the same one just let me know and i'll go to my alternate like i'll pick my bench players <laughs> okay <laughs> taylor what was yours mine was um there had been a time when holding a weapon had offered a sense of protection, but that comfort was compromised knowing how easily Lunars could turn the weapon against her. I just, that's just like a beautifully written line. And like, it is kind of like really like it shows a lot of insight into Scarlet's character, I think, 
where it's like, yeah, she has had her whole world flipped upside down. <laughs> and so I really liked that line. I thought that it was really good. Poor, poor Scarlet. Um, yeah. So mine was page 366. She despised being useless. Mm. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I am a busybody. I cannot sit still for two seconds in my life. I'm always working on multiple projects. I'm always doing multiple jobs. Um, that is especially true in light of recent events in my life. I have become sort of obsessed with not being useless. Mm-hmm. I have taken a lot of care and time to make sure that I am prioritizing my family and that I'm taking care of everyone in my family as much as possible and doing everything I need to do. And any time that I stop even for a second, I get completely overwhelmed. Um, So I just, especially at this time in my life right now, I very much connected to Aiko in that moment where it's like the one thing that really, really destroys her is the very concept of being useless. Yep. Mm. And I thought that was what drew me to that line also. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just like, yeah, like that's why I'm always doing so many things and like to keep myself. Well, like we talked busy. about even while we're recording, <laughs> I'm crocheting a blanket, right? Cause yeah. I can't, I, can't, I literally <laughs> cannot sit still. I, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I completely agree with Iko. There are, there are some things in my life where I just can't turn it off. Um, and I just, and I think that's, I'm just one of those people. I, I have to be doing something mm-hmm. like listening mm-hmm. to audiobooks while I play video games. Cause doing <laughs> yeah. one thing isn't enough. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So this week there were five Easter eggs and the bonus word hair appeared four times and the bonus word captain appeared once. Next time we are going to cover winters chapter 43 and 44. Where can people find you if they would like to do so? So we are on all the socials. So we are on um, Instagram, Facebook, the book was better podcast on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. It's TBWB podcast. Um, the book was better podcast is kind of long. So we <laughs> shortened it down to the acronym TBWB podcast. Um, and then our podcast can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I know the most common ones though are like Apple podcasts and Spotify. So I think that about covers everywhere we are. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, you can find the podcast everywhere at Prince Kai Fan Pod. Make sure you check out Patreon for a chance to be a guest on an episode with me and more fun perks. I did record our party with Marissa. So if you go to Patreon, you can check it out. But I'm pretty sure I posted the recording to my link tree on Instagram. So even if you were to Patreon, you can still go and look at the party. And that's it. Next time we're going to cover chapter 42 because we didn't get to it today. <laughs> Yes, we will we'll do another there. episode uh, We're next going time. To, though, yeah, we for real will. That's fine. Honestly, I have a lot of episodes right now, and people are constantly telling me that they can't keep up. So you know what? We'll just lower we'll it we'll down. down for them. Here's another one. Um, so big thank you to both of you for being here, and I hope you had fun. Yeah, always. Yeah, it was really fun. Yay! Readers, keep reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamoured. Bye! The passages and chapters discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. The audio clips you heard today are from Rebecca Soler's rendition of Winter, a Macmillan audiobook production. The musical clip is Fifth Harmony's performance of That's My Girl. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guest was the Book Was Better podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Mapavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening.